In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not only are we celebrating the Feast of the Holy Family, but also it's the last day of the year, which has significance liturgically. Um, There is a plenary indulgence attached to the act of thanksgiving of the Te Deum, prayed together publicly or chanted together publicly. So at the ends of your pews are handouts, little sheets, um, that show the Te Deum. We'll chant that in English after Holy Communion. So don't need it now. Just need to have it ready. On Christmas Eve 1960, my parents were married. And so Christmas Eve always reminds me of them, not just because of the traditions we had as a family, beginning really with midnight mass and then gift giving and all the shenanigans of staying up late or early into Christmas morning, but also because of mom and dad's ritual on Christmas Eve. What I witnessed was dad making always something special, sometimes buying something, but usually making something or even inventing something that would be of, uh, uh, of, of benefit to mom. I found out subsequently that they usually would escape at some point during the day on Christmas Eve um, to have lunch together, just the two of them, which I didn't even know was going on. Um, it's probably because I started Christmas shopping at about 11.30 a.m. on Christmas Eve. Now, for different reasons, the Feast of the Holy Family also brings back thoughts of mom and dad, which I'll uh, mention later. Think of the, the name of this feast day. Officially, it's the, the Solemnity of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Now, the order of those names is really backwards, at least in the, in the natural order of things. Um, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph actually is a phrase I'm, I've heard on the golf course many times. Um, but in, in the natural order of the hierarchy of a family, it really should be Joseph and then Mary and then Jesus. But we already, just from the name of the feast day, we already know that something is being um, thrown into a new light. How does the nature of family learn from the home of Nazareth? For starters, it's worth acknowledging that there are um, many of us, maybe even most of us, don't live um, in a family at, at the given moment. We don't live with a spouse and children, or we don't live with our parents. It's very understandable that it's common for us to refer to our support network as our family. And I don't want to disabuse you of that, but I want to use the word family in a very specific way. Because family is more than just a network of friendships. It's more than just a place where brothers live or where sisters live. Because family can't be separated from relationships of obedience. So think of it in this way. And pardon me if, it's, if it sounds awkward, but I think it's useful to think of a family as those relationships that come about from a bond of love 
of permanent love that gives life and of its nature produces or imparts burdens of responsibility. And so I'll distinguish, for instance, my brother and sister-in-law in the first decade of their marriage, hoping to have children. They were very different in their relationship from a couple that was deliberately childless. There was a, a bond of love, of permanent faithful love, which of its nature gives life. And, and that bond of love is shared in such a way that there already is an intrinsic responsibility for, for those that may come into the world through them. And so that, that moment, that intimate moment, really is the wedding vow. It creates this bond, not just by virtue of the love of two, but also the responsibility imparted to them because of life that may very well come about, which will demand of them a relationship of responsibility. That has to be already there for that new life to come into the world the way God desires. Think then for a moment, perhaps in a new way, about these relationships, not just of of mutual obedience, mutual subordination, and to, about which St. Paul has a, a good bit to say in Ephesians 5, where he says, husbands and wives, be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ, acknowledging that because of the way God made us, because of the way God chose to make us, that mutual subordination of husband and wife will manifest in different ways. But think also about the relationships of obedience, of responsibility, perhaps in a new way. Because it's easy to think of obedience being something that is owed someone because of who that person is. That person is my superior. I must obey him. I must obey her. But I'll suggest to you that what begins first, actually, is the burden of responsibility on the person who needs to be obeyed. That burden of responsibility imparted by the Lord is for the sake of the, the life and the salvation of this young person. Mom and dad have the job of, of raising this person so that one day they won't need mom and dad. So that one day they can and will choose for themselves life and salvation. That's a huge responsibility. It's frightening. And mom and dad don't have a chance of fulfilling that responsibility if their children make it more difficult than it needs to be. 
In truth, if we understood ourselves well and were willing to admit the truth about ourselves, we should have sympathy for those who have to obey us. And they should have sympathy for us because of the responsibility we have for them. This responsibility and obedience isn't something to be lorded and resented, but it should create mutual sympathy, mutual admiration, mutual charity and respect. When my father was dying almost 22 years ago, just a few days before his death, he was already in the hospital, hospital where I was born. And at a moment, not sure what the circumstance was, it could have been that we were talking about something and he, he paused to marvel at my demeanor, my calm spirit. And he even went so far as to compliment me because he had always noticed that about me, that I was just very calm and, and, and relaxed and, and confident and peaceful regardless of the situation. Whereas he himself had always had this gut-wrenching anxiety in stressful, difficult situations that was almost paralyzing. And I, I, I was stunned because I told him, well, actually, that the way you describe that gut-wrenching anxiety that's almost paralyzing, that's been me for the last 20 years. And I had always admired Dad for being a totally cool customer, no matter what no matter what was going on. And in, a, in, in that moment, we were, we were struck with mutual just wonder and amazement at, at this other person and sympathy and love. Fortunately, by God's grace, that, that conversation and his passing was the beginning of that being erased from me altogether. In the days after his death, that experience found a, 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 a prayerful expression when, for the very first time in my life, I addressed him by his first name, by following the prayers of the church and praying for my brother David. He'll always be my dad. He'll always be my father. But it's in heaven, in eternity, in the, in the perfect embrace of God's love, where we only then do we really become each other's equals. It's not as though he is intrinsically superior to me, therefore I obey him. But God chose him to be given the responsibility of raising me. And it could have been reversed, but God chose us to be father and son, not brother or son and father. That was by God's choosing. In a different way, in the weeks leading up to mom's death about two years ago, another even more profound experience of role reversal happened at the Infusion Center at Arlington Hospital. It was the last conversation we had with her MD. My brother Marcus and I were there, Father Marcus, and, and the conversation was about the the results and the progress and, and, and all of the complicating factors and whether or not um, she would suspend chemotherapy. 
And I remember mom just in being overwhelmed and exhausted, just slumping and putting her head on my shoulder and, and saying, I just totally trust you to decide. That burden of responsibility is something that God imparts to us. Sometimes consistent with our station in life, sometimes just because of a circumstance that God um, creates. And so authority and obedience don't stem from our nature as much as they come from the relationships that God um, has designed. Husband and wives, parents and children. There's another web of relationships that deserves to be called a family, where there's a bond of love that gives life that, that imparts a burden of responsibility. And that's the church, the parish, the diocese, or the global universal church. And it's mystical, because it really describes Christ and his relationship to God the Father. There's a bond of love. It gives life. Christ gives us life from the cross. He imparts life to us in baptism. And in Christ's relationship with his bride, the church, he also draws us into this as parents and as godparents, and also as priests, standing in the person of Christ. It's not as though there is an intrinsic difference between this soul and that soul. God simply chose that one to bear the burden of responsibility and those to be obedient. It should result in mutual sympathy and and love, a recognition that the, the mission that God has established is impossible if those who are given the task of obedience, make it impossible for those whom they need to obey to help them go to heaven. And so instead of bitterness and resentment, there's rather sympathy and love and cooperation and admiration and mercy and generosity. It describes the relationships of of parishioner and priest, of priest and bishop, of bishop and pope. And so we turn then back to Bethlehem and to Egypt and to Nazareth and to Jerusalem to see this holy family, their bonds of love, their obedience to God, which resulted in life, Not just the life of a newborn son, but ultimately our life, our salvation. And we ask him to teach us sympathy and generosity and mercy and charity. And especially on a day as today, gratitude and thanksgiving to God for all he has given us and all he gives us to do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.